Hi, Bobby Joe. Is this Aunt Ruby? <laughs> yeah. You know, yes. I'm afraid I'm never going <laughs> to live that. I need to let that die a peaceful death. And never, and no, never. no, you should not. Can I tell you a story about Aunt Ruby? I had one. Do it. <laughs> so, like, my, I, growing up back in Davie, Florida, so I was there until about fifth grade, we had these neighbors in this, and they were awesome. So, the best names ever. So, Aunt Ruby was. Oh my God. Yeah. And then. And then, then my best friend was Little Arlo. So it was oh, Bobby Joe, Bobby wow. Joe, and Little Arlo, my best friend. His dad was, guess it, Big Arlo. <laughs> and then the matriarch of the family was Bethel. Ooh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, you got to so, cue the banjo for this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing that they did not originate in Davie, Florida. They probably came from no, elsewhere. The story, the story gets better. So the true matriarch of the family, I don't know her name because she was like super old. We just called her grandma. Right. And the story goes that she came down to Florida in a covered wagon. <laughs> That's entirely possible. That's certainly how my ancestors arrived in Florida in, 18, really? in 1851. Yeah. Yeah. My family came to Florida in 1851 from uh, my mother's family from Eufaula, Alabama. Ah. Um, and there's... You know, they went to Webster, Florida, which is way out in the middle of nowhere. But uh, yeah, I never thought about the fact that there was probably a covered wagon involved. Um, yeah, for, that's and I would imagine these people probably had some of the same, you know, same the same ended up in Florida for the same reason my family did. I think the land was cheap and uh, or free, and the government <laughs> the government wanted people here to um, displace the native population. That was part of the reason. Um, all right, welcome to another episode of That Record Got Me High. This is Barry Stock, and this week Rob Elba has uh, had to deal with a family medical emergency, so it's just going to be me and our uh, guest, our returning guest, uh, Bobby Joe, who has brought... Which record did you bring, Bobby Joe? I brought Divine, my first album. Yes, it's a 12th collection of... Um, dance tracks that Divine recorded with um, producer Bobby Orlando in 1982. Um, and I don't know what, how, how old were you in 1982? Or I don't want to, uh, I'm not gonna, yeah, actually, I, I know how old you are. Um, <laughs> so you're no, significant, you were, you were a kid in 1982. Yeah, I was, I was a baby. A baby, right. I was yeah. not. If you ask my mother, I was, I was, I was walking, I was, I was uh, driving, and I probably invented like a telescope, but I was two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, and I was graduating high school in 1982, so <laughs> I had, um, I was already well aware of Divine via the Midnight Movie uh, circuit in Orlando, mm -hmm. where we would go and you know get stoned in the parking lot and then go in and watch. Some John Waters masterpiece, or Eraserhead, or um, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, that was, you know, usually what was, or, or maybe Rocky Horror a few times until I got that one time I went to sleep during Rocky Horror, and they woke me up. I woke up and everybody was leaving. 
And, I get that. Yeah, and I thought it was part of the because people were they were doing the performance stuff during the show, of course, you know, the audience. And people were leaving, and I thought it was part of the performance thing. I was like, "Oh no, this is just part of the thing." They're like, "No, no, man, it's over. You slept through." Now, the- Barry, sometimes you gotta sleep. It's okay. I, <laughs> I fell asleep at Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas. Oh wow! I was tired. I was just tired. Yeah, and the whole yeah, yeah, cast yeah. Got around me, and I had great seats. And yeah. the whole cast like said, "Shh," and the entire <laughs> audience woke me up. So I, I get That's, it. Yeah, you gotta, okay. You gotta sleep. It's okay. Yeah, I was working it. Walt Disney World at the time, and so um, definitely did a nap after those kids. Well, probably worse than that. I was working as a a cook in an employee restaurant, so I got up really early in the morning and drive out there. And so I would stay out too late, smoke some weed, and then go to sleep during a movie. And uh, (laughs) that's 1982, Barry. (laughs) So and uh, I was also napping in 1982. Yeah, I, yeah, but I, you were doing the kind of naps that in, have involved a, a crib, an actual crib, right? I, I maybe a drawer. It was Davy. <laughs> for that, for our listeners who don't know about South Florida geography, Davy is the only really well. It's not the only, but it's a it's a rednecky part of South Florida, which is um, sounds incongruous, but there's lots of horses. Yeah, we and, had a hitching uh, post at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, right. A hitching post at McDonald's. Also, the rumor always was that the Klan met at the um, Waffle House in Davie. That was, I don't know if you knew about that. No, it's, no, no it's true. That's true. That's that's um, 100% true. Yeah. Um, I still find, like, uh, big white trucks uh, kind of mm, menacing. Mm, yep, but, um, yep, yeah. Mm. Yep, that's all. That's all Davie. That's where you're from. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you, how did you come across Divine? Oh, I came across Divine, I think, probably just like everybody else, hopefully, um, uh, from a John Waters movie. And yeah. and I was like, what is that awesomeness? Mm-hmm. And and um, it it just took hold of me. I I love Divine so much. Yeah, I, I love John Waters movies, too, because I, if you if you it's trashy, it's great. It's it like is. it celebrates it celebrates all of those those awful things that yeah that uh but he's kind of the, he's great. kind of the warhol of that and that he loves to observe that stuff in a um he 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 curates it he's like the curator of that yeah. stuff yeah and it's all very it's all very knowing it's all very camp um mm-hmm. a camp version of yes it is that exactly so like um, when we had the Golden Globes or I don't know something that they, they had this the Met the Met Gala yeah and the theme was camp yeah oh oh they That's, missed it N- not one person referenced yeah, anything you know. from John Waters and I think if you if you lived if you ever lived in like a town like Davie you understand camp <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I know what it looks like to go outside and see my neighbor with like hot rollers and a cigarette. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I kind of grew up in that environment. I grew up in r- rural Florida, so um, rural <laughs> Central Florida. Yes. Same thing. Blue eyeshadow. Blue eyeshadow oh, yeah. and everything. Stuff. Like yeah. I, I, I know this. Going to visit your your friend that you'd never been to their house, and you discover <laughs> who they you go to church with, and you discover. That and this is a, as a child, you discovered that the mom is a hoarder, and you had, you didn't know what that was. <laughs> but 
there was newspaper stacked on throughout the house so that there was just a narrow corridor through the hallways where you would walk between these stacks of newspapers and stuff. And uh, that was, uh, yeah, stuff like that. And the rednecks that were, you know, I, I always say to people who go, oh, you don't like Leonard Skinner? And I say, I grew up next door to Leonard Skinner. I don't, <laughs> I don't really need any more of that in my life. I don't need that reference. No. And, and you know, Arrow Spencer did have like, five non-working vehicles and one working vehicle. <laughs> it's, so I, yeah, I, I, it's a thing. It's, it's a thing. I get yeah. it. And, yeah, you know, at, my, at, my, at my stepdad's place, which was, they were very, they were not trashy at all. They were very mm-hmm. nice country people. But there was still, there was a broken down old Nash Rambler that was sitting just, you know, right out in the middle of the, the, the field. And there was also an old, really old tractor <laughs> and um, just sitting there and they just, that's just what it was, you know, they were just yeah. there. There was no one ever and said, oh, when, when are we going to get rid of that car? I was just like, it's, that's where it lives. That's where it lives forever. Yeah. And and they're the, they're also the nicest people too. Like we could go to this house for anything. Like absolutely. They were always yeah. the first people there to like yeah. help you. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and so Good, good, trashy people are great. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Because <laughs> um, th- they're not. That's not really trashy. When I think of trashy, I think of um, a kid being chased around, been whipped by his mom with a piece of Hot Wheel track. That's what I think of. So <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that. So. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'm familiar with that from a on a uh, firsthand basis. Not 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 being hit by one, but watching it happen. Um, so oh, we should one. we should talk about this record though because we should. It's really uh, a lot of fun, and um, I think it was. You know, Divine had done the Waters movies and was looking for. I think. Um, something else to do. Um, there's a great uh, do- Divine documentary from a few years ago, um, and one of our guests on the show, Mike- Michael Cudahy, who talked about a Sparks record, actually did the soundtrack to uh, the-, the doc. And it's very revealing, and um, it does talk about how Divine became um, the- a disco performer of a- a- for quite a few years. Um, that was what Divine did. And mm-hmm. um, put out quite a few records that were very heavily played in clubs um, and gay clubs, yeah. especially. Yeah. So Divine also the the record really isn't um, necessarily disco. It's like high energy, which is like yeah. Forgive so, me. So if disco wasn't fast and hard enough for you, right? Uh, this is something more aggressive. Well, so yeah. I, I don't know what I don't know what like poppers and amphetamines feel like, but I feel like <laughs> like it's this yeah. record. Oh, hold and, on. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. Um and and Divine actually um the cl- I learned this from a coworker of mine, Rhett, um, who let he was um just an amazing person all around. Um let me know that there was a club in Ohio of all places called um, Rudely Elegant. Nice. And and Divine used to go there a lot and perform. And this club was um, instrumental in starting the Red Parties. And the Red Parties were one of the first parties to raise money for HIV and AIDS oh, great. care. Fantastic. And and 
and divine was a big part of that. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and, you know, when everybody was ignoring yeah. uh, what was going on and the, you know, the community took back their power within yeah. and started, started their own thing. They raised a lot of money and um, here we go. This is divine. Yeah. So, um, and I, for me listening to this, it probably, um, it's, it sounds like the roots of what I, what I identify as gay disco. And I, and when I, mm-hmm. as you know, later on and you know, when I was in, you know, in the nineties and in the two thousands, what, I started to listen to and I and say, oh, that's gay disco. This is to me though. This also harkens back to this is very much um, in line with like a, a Giorgio Moroder kind of sound yeah. with the pulsing sense. Um, yeah. That's and there's also uh, the craft work appears in here. I mean, it's yeah. You know, people. There's there's three bands really. There's three groups that influenced popular music in a in a way that was um, you can't overestimate and one of them of course is the Beatles you know everybody everybody knows the Beatles the second <laughs> one is the Velvet Underground um, uh-huh. because all of the alternative and underground music we think about was influenced by that and then the third group really is Kraftwerk and Kraftwerk yeah. they put their stamp on every bit of dance music that came out uh, after you know they were one of those groups when you heard them you were not going to unhear that, and it was going to become part no. of your vocabulary. And 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 Kraftwerk even leaked into like hip hop. So there's oh, like yeah. the early, oh, yeah, early, yeah. early hip hop. Oh, totally, but, totally. But and and if you if you really want to break it down, like I I hear a lot of this high energy that 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 synthesizer also in like you did a a, a Bauhaus uh, yes uh, totally track, record yes. before, and you and I hear it in like. Um, Oh, I would say like uh, Bronski bead and oh, you know totally. all of this like new wave. Totally. So it's, everybody, I want to say is like it's music is not in silos, right? No. So it it definitely holds the hand of each other. It sure does. Uh, let's listen to the first track on Divine's first album, uh, "Shoot Your Shot."
So he's his voice or Divine's voice. Divine is a identified as a drag queen, so he was a he a him. Um, mm-hmm. And his voice is perfect for this music because it's um, it's still got that personality that you that you remember from you know. Um, um, John Waters movies, the uh, the you know the Mean Girl, oh, but <laughs> her, um, what's her name from that smashes the um, knocks down the Christmas tree and stomps all over the gifts. Um, oh, the Cha Cha Heels. Yeah, the Cha Cha Heels. <laughs> I'll think of it. I'll think of. You the, know, it's, yeah, it's kind of like I, I look at Divine's disco or Divine's like high energy record. It's kind of like if, if Sam Ken- Sam Kennison yeah. put on heels. Yeah, and like. Told you to dance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think there's some, there's definitely some overlap there as far as their personalities, and that there was a, you know, I, I think a Divine Glenn um, Milstead grew up, you know, teased and was, you know, he has the um, that anger in there of someone who was bullied growing up in the '60s and uh, or the, you know, late '50s. Um, so he's. Um, he channeled all that into this character that allowed him to uh, be that, you know, get revenge kind of on those people with the outrageousness and the makeup and the hair. He, you know, he was up, he, he knew how to do hair uh, and he, he knew how to do the makeup to, to these. And he's sort of um, poking at these Baltimore women who, who he, you know, grew up, doing their hair and he's but he's the uh like he's, the psych- psychopath version of that you know and he's also the pretty girl on stage now so right oh that's that's right like, has all the spotlight and and is body affirmative like yes exactly you know, divine was was a big girl oh and yeah where were like tight things mm-hmm. and you know it's unapologetic Co- and completely and, and would had no problem going out, you know, at three hundred plus pounds and like a negligee. Like, yeah, yeah you're gonna like sure. I'm gonna make you like it. <laughs> yeah, right. And um that actually comes up in one of the lyrics. Um and yeah, because I think that's what John, I'm famous John, I, now and you I'm like fam- it. Fuck yeah. you. There's a huge I'm fuck famous. you element to, to Divine's <laughs> fame and success was look, okay, what are you gonna say now? You know, are you up here? Are you yeah. do are are you in these movies these these popular movies, um, mm-hmm. but um, you know um, I think still as the documentary and, and doc, you know I think there was still a lot of a lot of hurt there and a lot of sadness um, that sort of hastened um, Divine's uh, demise um, and it probably not what people would think it was really more as John Waters talks about. In the documentary, you would imagine someone like Divine being into hard drugs. Divine was a, just a wake and bake pot smoker and loved to smoke weed um, pretty much continuously and liked mm-hmm. to like to eat sweets. So yep. um, those were the vices, which seem you know are fairly innocuous, but you know um, over time take their toll. Yeah. 
And I don't think, you know, even if you get your revenge, I, I think those wounds, yeah. they, they, they may heal and they may get better, but they're still there. You know, those, sure. those scars are still there. Uh, 100. Um, as a, as a, someone who grew up as a fat child, I can mm-hmm. 100% say that that definitely still motivates my personality to this day. It's just, just how it is. It's how we are as a culture. How it is. Yeah. Very, I don't, I don't, I, I get that growing up. I was called Sloppy Joe. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I still can't look at a can of Manwich in the grocery aisle. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why? I had I'm some like, of those you. nicknames, too. I won't I won't go into them here, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get it. Sloppy get Joe. It. Yeah, they find that they find that weakness and then they 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 poke at it. Yeah. People suck. People suck. But yeah. this next track is great. And this one, I think, was there's some 12 inch dance mixes of as well. But this is uh, Jungle Jezebel. Oh, I love this one. This is great. Yeah, um, a divine addressing the size issue right right there. Um, and I, I was at some point, the lyric goes from "open sesame" to like "open Pringles" or something like that. I think so. And you know, very self aware of what's going on. Um, great track, great dance tracks, and the, that's the that's the thing. That, that's why these this career worked for Divine was because they are they're it's they're great dance tracks and it's it's, it's yeah um, and peop, you know you put it on and you could either pay attention to Divine uh, 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 or you could dance and or a, a combination of both um, 
Yeah, or or use it. I use it to fold my laundry. Exactly. Do dishes and, exactly. and do it highly motivating. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's highly <laughs> motivating to get something done, and and it's fun. It's the it, the bottom line is it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Super fun. Hi, this is Barry Stock from That Record Got Me High, and I have with me today a special guest, uh, Mr. Andy Ruffner. Um, I know Andy from the Hollywood Democratic Club. I know you're all very surprised to hear that uh, I'm a Democrat based on our um, decidedly um, non-political conversations on the show. Wink, wink. Um, And Andy um, is going to tell you who he is and what he does and about a very special event that's coming up December 1st at the Galleria in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Okay, great. Well, thanks, Barry. Um, so the event is uh, December 1st is World AIDS Day, and we've been celebrating this since the early 1990s. Um, and uh, probably celebrating isn't quite the right word. It's, it's, a, it's a remembrance. It's an acknowledgement of the impact of uh, HIV and AIDS on the world at large. And uh, it certainly has had a huge impact here in South Florida, um, here in the Fort Lauderdale area. A lot of people are living with HIV. And so that's why it's also a celebration because we've made a lot of advances and um, we uh, it's more the exception today of hearing of somebody of losing somebody to HIV than the rule because we have really great medications that can keep people healthy indefinitely. Um, And a lot of times people are... uh, uh, finding themselves all of a sudden they're older and they're being able to live with AIDS, uh, live with HIV uh, in a way that they never seemed possible. And now they're having old age kinds of issues that everybody has. So uh, uh, this particular year, the theme for World AIDS Day is Rock the Ribbon. And because of that, uh, we're uh uh, sponsoring this event, and we've got a guest speaker um, from the rock band Sticks, um, who happens to live here. Uh, Chuck Pinoso, he's a uh, was the co-founder along with his brother uh, of the band and a bass player, and uh, he um, he's visited the museum. He's been a supporter, and so he's going to talk about his experiences as uh, someone who is living with HIV. Um, he's he's open about that and comes out and supports um, different events, and he's been a great supporter of the museum. So he's going to be one of our speakers. But our theme is really around um, around music and the, the impact of HIV/AIDS on the music industry from a lot of different people. Um, so uh, if you recall, in the '80s, there were a lot of uh, uh, famous people who were affected by HIV. I know uh, your show did a thing last year about Sylvester. That's um, right. And uh, he he passed away from HIV. Um, and another really famous uh, musician from the 80s uh, was Ricky Wilson from That's the right. Twos, um, that was affected by it. So, and countless others. So, um, we're going to have some live music that day. The Fort Lauderdale Gay Men's Chorus is going to be singing. Um, and our event, what's unique about it is it's a kickoff event for the day. And it's a, it's a breakfast event, actually, uh, which is really a great thing. It's not um, going to be in the Galleria itself. It's going to be outside. So we'll be able to socially distance. And it's between the uh, Seasons 52 and Capitol Grill. There's an entrance out there. And it's really nice. There's a covered area. 
And uh, so we'll have some breakfast kinds of snacks for people. Uh, the chorus will be singing and we'll also have some uh, sort of, we're still in the design stages of this, some so sort of way for people to create and contribute to their own remembrance of folks who have passed from HIV or folks that are living with HIV. Okay. Uh, so uh, that's going to be an opportunity um, uh, at the event as well. Um, and uh, it goes from 8.30 to 10 a.m. on Tuesday, December the 1st. And there will be other World AIDS Day observances, I'm sure, are around Fort Lauderdale. But like everybody, we're all challenged by um, how to do these things that we've done year after year right. uh, this time of COVID. Uh, so uh, we're going to uh, I think this is a, a pretty safe thing to do. We'll have masks there. If uh, people find themselves there without a mask, uh, we'll be able to supply that. And uh, okay, being outdoors, we'll be able to um, spread out. Fantastic. So, um, Andy, why don't you tell our listeners how you ended up um, being part of this? So um, I am the director of education and programming for the museum. And the museum has been open here in um, the Fort Lauderdale Dale area. We started out in Wilton Manors uh, since 2014, and we just recently moved over to the um, ArtServe building location, just kind of down the street from the Galleria on Sunrise. And uh, we're real excited about being in that space because the Stonewall uh, National Archives and Gallery is also in that building that right. commemorates gay and lesbian history along with ArtServe itself. Uh, and then there are numerous other arts organizations in that building. So uh, the museum was uh, founded uh, to really help people remember what had happened with HIV and AIDS and the tremendous toll that it had on our society and culture, really, uh, in through the 80s and 90s and how it's all evolved um, since the turn of the century in the 21st century, you know, we've made a lot of advances and a lot right. of people don't hear about it anymore, frankly, because we have made so many advances. People can live, um, uh, really healthy, long lives. Um, even though they have HIV and are, are living with that. So, right. I think the main, um, one of the main things is actually getting people to in high risk groups to get tested now so they can begin treatment so that they don't, become ill so you see on the sides of buses in fort lauderdale and you see you know encouragement in multiple languages for people to go and get tested yeah yeah and um you know that's really significant here locally because in um fort lauderdale broward county is always in the top one or two spot um yeah for counties in the country for hiv new infections with Miami-Dade um, either in the number one spot. We trade back and forth, right. so Dade, Broward. And then Palm Beach County, a lot of people don't realize this, is always in the top five right there with us. So right. um, we have a lot of challenges down here because we have a huge population and we have a lot of people coming in and out. Yep. Um, so it's... It's, it's a uh, vacation it's, party it's destination. Going. A lot of people come here and let, their, let, let it all hang out. And sometimes they... Uh, um, end up with things that they don't realize. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, Florida in general is everybody's kind of escape fantasy. Uh, so, uh, you have a lot of stuff 
uh, a lot of challenges in people sort yes. of paying attention and taking care of themselves and um, staying safe. So um, indeed, yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks, Andy. Um, and so this event begins at what time? It's at eight thirty in the morning. Uh, it goes until ten a.m. So it's a quick event. It's a great way to start your day and acknowledge what has come before. It's actually also um, that particular day uh, this year falls on Giving Tuesday. So it's part of a, a time that we raise money for the museum. Okay. Uh, which uh, does a lot of this work to go out and raise awareness about what's happened and how we can prevent um, new infections. Fantastic. So once again, December 1st, 8.30 a.m. at the Galleria, but outdoors, and it's between uh, Seasons 52 and... Capitol Grill. And the Capitol Grill. So we encourage all of our uh, local listeners to go and uh, contribute something to um, this event um, that has affected the music industry in such a uh, um, profound way over um, the years. And uh, once again, thank you. Thank you, Andy. All right. Thank you, Barry. I appreciate it. All right. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll talk soon. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. So uh, the next, this next track is called uh, "Native Love Step by Step." Oh, this is this is the this is the famous one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Isn't that great? Yeah. Like, like I, I, I want a speaker in my house just to <laughs> yeah. dance on it. Just to yeah. dance on the dance speaker. Mm, yeah, I, I understand. It's, and um, twirl. And t- exactly. It's, it's this combination of authentic dance rhythms and um, tongue-in-cheek, but still, th- that's the thing. And we've talked about on this show a lot is about artists who... They walk this line so you can't tell whether 
whether there's a there's a you know being serious and not being serious and then there's this line where they they make it so you can't tell and that's sometimes the most interesting thing is where it's somebody's um you're you it's mysterious like are they are they or aren't they are they screwing around or are they not screwing around so this is this character that's very real but is also a camp construction by this guy from baltimore um who was in some crazy movies you know for sure it's very it's very elusive this this character and i identify with so very much yeah i think that's why i think that's why i identify with it too because it's um someone who created this persona that was as real as they are as a person i think that um, you know, I think Glenn still existed in private. I know that that that, that was true, um, and that he did do um, roles uh, where he he was uh, played a man in in movies. But um, this other persona was as just this uh, um, just as real and probably more real to people. Like if you you know, a lot of people just know Divine. They don't know Glenn Milstead from. They don't know Glenn. Even when we're talking about, I'm like Glenn, who? Like, like, yeah, right, exactly. And I wonder at what point, what point for Divine, um, what point Glenn existed? I don't know. Well, I think Um, that I think that if you watch the check out the doc, um, it does mm -hmm. make it pretty clear that there's, um, you know. There was Glenn, the person, still was there and had his own life and his own loves and heartbreaks and you know, etc. And um, so, but I don't think it was ever a problem, you know. Whereas, with for some people, the onstage and offstage thing gets to be an issue. I don't think it ever was. I, you know, what I think what he expresses or what Divine expresses most trepidation about was the it the scene in pink flamingos that followed uh followed him around for yes. the rest of his career and so you just get tired of being asked about that um over and over and over and over and over again where you know you've answered the question three million times um and there's so much more of interest there that but pe- you know people fixate on that one thing mm-hmm. i could see that and so he's he gets very irritated, and um, he wants to, according to this next track, he wants to divine, wants to kick your butt. <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs>
Yeah, so gonna um, <laughs> we'll kick your butt, gonna um, with some funk. And the, the when Divine says funk in there, it does remind me that the, another big influence on this um, track and on this album is Parliament Funkadelic. Um, is it's sort of because it, it's 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 more electronic than than those records are but the synthesizer sounds especially that um that um lead synthesizer is straight out of um bernie warrell who was uh, um parliament funkadelic's uh keyboard player and he he just you know they probably are in the you know they're right in there with um Craftwork, the Beatles, and the Velvet Underground as having um, put their stamp on pop music in a way that um, is, uh, I think with the, them, I think it's underappreciated, but if you go back and listen to their records, it's how groundbreaking and how um, funny and sophisticated and strange they were, um, where you get to this, you know, allow stuff like this to happen in 1982, um, Oh, for sure. Um, like, make no mistake that that disco and um, this sort of music originated from from these folks um, yes. from Harlem, from um, oh god, from Chic, yeah. from yeah. Um, you know, it 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 was appropriated for other folks. But <laughs> yeah, it, sure, it definitely came from these folks. But right. does this? Does this record or does this song remind you of something of, of a little bit of Captain Sensible? Uh, well, yeah, I think yes. I I think that there may be a parallel dev- parallel uh, evolution. You know, when um, the people are listening to the same things on two sides of the Atlantic, and, and they they are influenced in the same way to say, oh, I, you know, I want to do something like that. And I think that. Um, Maybe Captain Sensible heard this, or maybe Captain Sensible heard exactly the same things that uh, 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 Divine was listening to, and that uh, Orlando was listening to, and came up with. Um, and plus, it was just it was like in the air. You know how stuff kind of yeah. disseminates in exactly. a in a weird way. Um, all of a sudden, there's this change, and there's all this these different sounds and these different things happening. Um, but yeah, what um, what's that? That Captain Sensible track. Um, uh, what not? Or, yeah, exactly. Uh, what not is something like that. Yes. But I, I'm, I'm on a mission to show how like how punk rock and disco kind of coexist. Yeah. And we, we don't, we don't necessarily like see it, but I know, I know it does. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And well, we had the misfortune in the states of having a a, a, a um, I, which I didn't think, I don't think happened in Europe or in the UK. Where disco was, there was this anti-disco movement that was definitely perpetrated by the rock and roll concert industry to keep people coming to rock concerts and to stop them from just going out and listening to dance music because there was not as much money in that. Um, and so that's what that disco sucks thing was definitely manufactured in, in, the, in to keep people going to. Uh, um, but I always, you know, I always loved disco and i had a, a soft spot in my heart for disco even through all of that rock and roll um stuff i um i always it was dance music i love dance music and um unapologetically i think it's just as yeah. valid just as valid as any other uh um uh, expression musical expression 
and it's I, I and it's just as aggressive and dancey as anything else. So I oh, I'm yeah. so thankful that you you let me choose this album. I was thrilled. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, definitely to get to talk about Divine and to listen to this music. Um, and you know, it's uh, very much. Uh, um, if I ever get to DJ again at a place <laughs> where there's people dancing. That seems like far fetched, doesn't it? But it, it, it does. It, it, it could does. happen. Some there's going to be a track off this record that will definitely make an appearance. And um, so, really, the the last track on the record there's a uh, is um, the last track with Divine um, is called Alphabet Rap. And so, 1982 rap is pretty pretty new. Um, the idea of Rapping over a beat is uh, is uh, only a couple of years old, and um, but the uh, divine kicks in with the alphabet rap. A B C D E F G H I J K Elementary. B is for boys. Boys. G is for girls. Girls. M is for money. Money. For ecstasy. Everybody say A. A. B. B. C. C. Say D. D. E. E. F is for. couple of things on that one um obviously hilarious where divine <laughs> stops at various points and you know f is for you know <laughs> i is for divine and this is you know really great um also craftwork uh numbers by craftwork uh is only a, a few years old and you know the the counting in there, uh, eins, zwei, drei, vier, four, yeah, six. it's there. It's there. And Gary Newman, um, Cars, the uh-huh. keyboards in that. Uh, the, forget how what a huge hit Cars was, and it um, it's got that um, that vibe in there. Um, but it's also you know the underpinning is uh, uh, um, like you said, high energy. Um, and when and is. 
when did high energy kind of get defined as a as a as a separate style from disco? Disco. Proper? I think I think mid eighties. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say like eighty five. So this is really this is really pioneering then. I I think so. I think so. Um so like 84 85 you got more more high high energy. Okay. But you know, Divine reminds me also as I'm thinking of this track like Pee Wee Herman. Oh yeah. Like Pee Wee Herman like fit into this so much and we were like as kids watching this, you know? Yeah. And um yes, and- oh, of course. Because Pee Wee was uh, Pee Wee was obviously that's the thing about Pee Wee he's obviously not condescending to the kids who are watching it at mm-hmm. all he's condescending to the adults that are adults, watching it yeah because they're 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 the others the that's adults, right they're the weirdos we're the ones that are cool <laughs> that's right yeah and um, of course they tore him down in the way that you know. For the for something innocuous um, mm-hmm. in the Bible Belt South, um, yeah. So same thing, you know. They're gonna they'll find a way to. Uh, um, there's a oh, I was gonna. There's a there's earlier in one of the tracks, um, Divine says, "Great googly moogly." From and, Freaks, right? From that the movie uh, that that. Uh, that movie, uh... I believe so, yeah. And it actually makes an appearance in a blues lyric, too, by um, Willie Dixon. I can't even remember what song. He says, great googly moogly. And <laughs> it's just, for it to sort of reappear in here is great. It's um, a lot of fun. Um, I I'm, I was so happy you picked this record. I'm so thrilled to talk about Divine. Um, yeah, and w- going for you know, I I this past this past few months of like pandemic, I'm making these playlists and I'm trying to discover new music and you know, uh, I'm I'm on this like Portland wave right now with um with Dead Moon. I I listen to them almost every day. I love these guys. Okay. And then you suggested this all hits, and I put it on my on oh, my yeah. uh, on my playlist. Yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, and but. Yeah, I gotta thank, thank Mark Masters for turning me on to that because oh. that's not something I would have. And he's oh. uh, he's on uh, this week's show, the, the show that just came out, uh, the the chills. Yeah, Mark was the one he and he Mark is good for turning you on to cool stuff. But that in particular, oh, all good. hits men in their work. I mean, wow, just talk about Mean Girls. I just well, yeah. There. There's the one the one song that starts off. I'm gonna need you to fuck off, and I thought that's the first. Li- I'm like, okay, yes. I'm in. Put my money the- down. There we go. <laughs> if Divine was here, that that would that- be her. her- Perfect. <laughs> exactly. First, exactly. First, first comeback record. Like, yeah. I'm gonna need you to fuck off. I'm gonna need you to fuck off, and I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm. That's how I feel <laughs> right now. Hey Barry, can we make, can we make some bumper stickers? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yes, we can. Um, all purpose. Because <laughs> this is the last. This is the last recording before the our you know big day on Tuesday. Yeah. So I guess when this show drops, um, which don't won't be this Saturday, but the Saturday after, there'll be all sorts of new developments happening in the world. And I think that. If- that bumper sticker will be really appropriate. I'm going to need you to fuck off. It's going to be a big, yeah, very helpful for these. Uh, and t-shirts, too. 
Uh, and it's so it's so polite too, you know. It's, <laughs> it's showing manners, you know. It's, it's real, you know. Yeah, exactly. These are my needs that you know. If I, you know, <laughs> you're talking about like, you know, people coming back and being mindful and being like mm. close to themselves. This is what I need. I need you to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, there was I watching a video this morning of this huge line of people trying to vote, and. There's two people at the front of the line that won't put on masks to go and vote. And they're yeah. holding up the line, and there's like a mile of people behind them. And I'm going to need them to fuck off mm-hmm. in the exact way that the uh, All Hits Express hits. Uh, um. Yeah, six feet away. I'm going to need you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, this was great, Bobby Joe. I want to yeah. thank you um, again for bringing this. And, um uh, you stay safe. You're letting me be your, your resident disco expert. Yeah, here. and we sh- I should mention that Bobby Joe is approximately a ten minute walk from here, but we are practicing um, social distancing as best we can, and um, so she's in her apartment, uh, straight up US one, just a little south, and I'm in my apartment, uh, just a little north of you on US one, and our our co-host is a. Uh, um, Unfortunately, in a, he's at the apex of this very narrow triangle. He's uh, three thousand miles away, so uh, or twenty five hundred miles away. So um, next, but not forgotten. Not forgotten. So no. um, once again, thank you, Bobby Joe. This is uh, uh, Barry Stock, and this is that this record. Is Bobby Joe. Uh, that's Bobby Joe, <laughs> uh, who will undoubtedly return to the show with another surprising and interesting choice. Uh, and we are out. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Papa Joe. Produced by Woody Compton and Kelly Shane. Is this tomorrow? At is this tomorrow.com?
is this tomorrow at is this tomorrow.com a weekly webcomic since 1993 envisioned and produced by Woody Compton and Kelly Shane is this tomorrow at is this tomorrow.com